Successful Minds with Patricia Barnowski-Schneider, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant people on the planet. Hear their stories and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success and get exclusive advice on how to implement their success into your life and business. Successful Minds with Patricia Barnowski-Schneider is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board and your host, Patricia Barnowski-Schneider. Hello and welcome back to Successful Minds. I'm your host, Patty Baradowski Schneider, CEO of Pristine Advisors. Today I'm joined by Jesse Taylor of True Anon. Our topic today focuses on software and apps and the badge of trust situation on Twitter. So thank you for joining us, Jesse. Well, thank you for having me, Patricia. I appreciate your time. And uh, I also have seen your show, so it's nice to be, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, both both an audience and now uh, helping, helping tell stories. Oh, well, thank you. Now, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, you know, my background is really a software inventor. I got kind of an early start in my career on that. Uh, so I was a, a kid who was interested in soldering things and working on computer chips. Uh, and it was kind of a, a time where, you know, these things were still at their rather basic form, which uh, today it's... Uh, you know, um, an interesting reality that my friend just purchased a, a laptop with <laughs> 67 billion transistors. Wow. Uh, but the computers that, you know, we were putting on the desk in those very early PC days, the Motorola 68K, as it's called, was had a whopping 68,000 of these transistors. So, um, you know, it was... Uh, a, a perfect time really to, to get involved as a, as a young person. It was just a little out of reach, but really interesting stuff. Right. Wow. You're definitely going back in the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's where my gray hair comes in these days. Well, I'm right behind you. Don't feel bad. <laughs> now, what inspired you to develop the first app store and the revolutionary identity situation, a solution? Uh. You know that that's uh, that's interesting. Um, these two very different things—the App Store and Identity—you wouldn't think they have much in common. There, there's actually interesting similarities between these two kinds of inventions. And really, since the '80s, we're describing we've been going through a digital transition, right? Everything that we know uh, has music and books, and all of these things have become um, um, digital. And certainly, uh, the App Store is, is part of that. Um, so the app store took something that we used to do in the real world, right? We'd drive to a store called Egghead, you'd buy a box, you'd take it home, uh, and you'd have to install it yourself. And what we did is we made that entirely digital, right? And this removes fraud and waste, but most of all time, mm -hmm. uh, it is effectively instantaneous, right? We don't, we don't care how many people download Pokemon Go. At, at a time, right? Um, and this transitioned that industry until today, right? I don't think you can buy software in a box. No, right? I think it's all downloaded. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you, it, even video games are all streamed, right? So uh, electronic distribution simply had unstoppable benefits. Mm -hmm. um, and although it was some, some problem to solve, um, once you had done so, this was kind of an unstoppable transition. So TrueAnon, uh, not QAnon, by the way, it's the opposite, uh, 
Groanon is just a simple tool. It helps social media and profile-based sites create and maintain trust, right? It's anti-fake profile software. So the way it does this is the unique thing. Um, instead of reviewing private documents, mm -hmm. typically things that you get from the government, like a driver's license or passport or something, you can instead confirm and connect various digital things that you already own, right? We already have an email from our school or our work. Right. We use blogs and social media to showcase what? Our digital lives, right? right. This is our digital identity, right? Mm -hmm. So we let you confirm and control how other people view and share it. And when it's available to anyone, a, a profile badge that is unknown is really just as clear as one with a rank and score. Mm -hmm. And it's this transparency that builds trust. So whether it's on Twitter or, or on, you know, Craigslist or on a dating service where I might need a great deal of privacy, even anonymity, um, right. yeah. <laughs> I, can, I can prove that I am who I am. And that's effectively automatic for Twitter. Right, okay. it's automatic because as many people want to do it at once, doesn't matter. Right. And so similarly, the traditional industry of verifying identity will transition to a purely digital solution. And of course, we hope that will be ours. <laughs> now, now is that the same as like, um, like I have the facial recognition on my phone? Is that a similar thing, like verifying that it's me who's doing that? Or this is something totally different? A little bit. There's... Identity is one of these words that serves a number of purposes. A login, uh, perhaps it refers to private information, private documents and their storage. In this case, it's really just the question, is this person who they say, right? right? So is this dating profile a, a, a person that maintains a thousand of these? Is it a really a person here are they really looking to sell this car or this right. ipod or this laptop or is this a scam you know uh, and so it's really for social things peer marketplaces uh you know as a parent you have to go to a website to hire a nanny right it's everything we do now is online and knowing who we're talking to and legitimacy is really the question that we're trying to answer well that's awesome because nowadays i mean we just had this conversation the other day there's just scammers everywhere and you know it's funny i was sitting with my sister this weekend and i'm just sitting there and she's she's on facebook and she says you changed your profile i'm like i did what it's a bunch of pakistanis with guns I'm sitting right here and I'm like, I'm not even on my phone. Well, they changed my profile. They changed everything. Luckily, she happened to be on it and saw it. So I was able to get them off, change my password. But for me to now verify who I am, I had to go through so much. And I'm like, but these guys got a red carpet to change my stuff. I'm like, but yeah, you know, and that's a big thing now. They take over other people's profiles and then try to scam them. But proving that this person is legit is in the now in the world nowadays with so many scammers, that's really important. So that's awesome that you're doing that. It really is. It's grown up from sort of pickpocket crimes to, you know, to, this is rocking democracies, right? Yeah. I, I mean, this is what, this is the, the, the fundamental fraud yeah. that is being perpetrated. So it really is a global problem. Right. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm like, if I, especially social media, which like you say, everybody's digital, everybody's on this. And 
it's just nonstop. It's 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 a sad world. <laughs> Uh, it is, but it's a world that we're forced to live in, right? Yeah. So, um, that's that's the reality. We have to secure right. it. Now, can you tell us more about how the revolutionary identity solution disrupts the economics underlying scams involving face, fake profiles? Oh, well, huh. identity fraud online is actually frighteningly simple business. Um, mm. There's really only two ways to do it. You're either purchasing private information, right? right. You, I, I buy your... Your, uh, whatever you just submitted to, to right. get through a gate, I steal that later to pass the same gate. So that's a whole industry in itself. Right. Um, the, the other side of it is really what we were touching on with romance scam, um, right? This idea that you have a cost to maintain vast numbers of disposable profiles, right? right? This is what's going on on Craigslist. Right. When you go on there and you're a legitimate person trying to buy something or sell something or find a date, even when back when they used to allow that. Right. Um, you know, you're showered with a lot of fake stuff. Um, and this is because a very, 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 very small number of bad actors is actually outmaneuvering all of us legitimate members because right. they're they view this service as a vehicle for their crime. It's a way to filter victims, right? right? So being able to puppet many, many accounts is essentially an economic mechanism. So if you don't use private information, mm -hmm. the value of stealing it drops back down to zero, right. where it should be, right? Your, your social security number was never worth anything <laughs> until we started <laughs> using it yeah. to key off you. It's just to identify your insurance. Nobody needs right. that. You know, <laughs> it's insane. You know it is. It, like so, you said, it's just Yeah, so we, we make our own problem like that. Right. And and you can only confirm digital properties once with on. So there's no mm -hmm. way to maintain multiple profiles. If you return to a service for which you were banned for badly, uh, you couldn't return. So these are not things that you can do Right. when you verify private documents. And it really is the essence of the problem that we're talking about. Right. You know, how, how do I know that this is not a fake profile when they seem to be the majority? And, and how can I assert my own legitimacy without having to surrender private information and undergo a review process over and over right. and over, right? Yeah. Every time I want to be a, a nanny and find a new family to work with. I have to go through another invasive background check. It's mm -hmm. miserable. <laughs> no, and it's true. You feel like you're being punished and you're the good guy. You know, it's been meanwhile, like I said, the bad guys have rolled out the red carpet for him. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. We need to give the tools to legitimate people. Um, yeah, nice. Uh, now, what challenges did you face when, when demoing the first app store to Steve Jobs in 1993? <laughs> well, first of all, in 1993, I was a lot younger. Um, <laughs> um, you know, after Steve's passing, it I, it did occur to me that, you know, well, geez, there's not going to be any more Steve Jobs demos of anything. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that was just sort of interesting. But People would ask, you know, isn't Steve Jobs mean or, or, or what if he didn't like 
you know, what if he didn't like it or something? Um, uh, you know, perhaps I was, I was young, but I, I knew what I was saying. And mm. if he didn't agree, well, that's because he would have been wrong. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so luckily, as we know, he did like it. So, so, um, so that was fine. I think I, I, I got away um, appropriately given, <laughs> given my 21 years of age or whatever nice. it was. <laughs> well, you have a great story to tell with that. So that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because um, I had a number of startups that involved Steve Jobs, which people like to talk about. And the app store was not one that any, it wasn't a particularly interesting demo or story, right? right. <laughs> Nobody cared until the iPhone, which is, of course, 20 years later. Uh, and, and, and the real end of that transition, right? That was That was the time where you're like, okay, this is now the the only way um you know so it's interesting to see how different inventions are viewed at the beginning of their arc uh than at the the point where they are you know fully accepted yeah i mean you figure back then i mean everything was new you know like you said come from the old old phones you know to you know back then the computers were like you know now you could do everything on a phone you know things have evolved and people's expectations are different so yeah <laughs> uh yeah i had to do that software on a computer that had uh sixty-eight thousand transistors on it <laughs> so you kept not busy. 67 billion <laughs> <laughs> people have no idea you know i love when I, I talk to people and they're like well what was like what was business like back when you started and i'm like this was even back in school this was pre-internet pre-cell phones i gotta physically go to a library we had to physically print out flip charts for presentations. I'm like, you guys have no clue how easy you have it now. <laughs> I mean, God forbid yeah, you printed out this flip chart and there was a typo. It's like, ah, oh, you just did. Now you just click a button, boom, you could distribute it to people around the world. I mean, it's definitely made life easier. <laughs> it, it sure has. It's, it's changed business and it's clearly made our economy more efficient and effective. It clearly has. Yeah. Now, what's been the most rewarding part of developing these revolutionary technologies? Well, um, I think, you know, for software inventors, it, 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 maybe it's the same for, for composers. I have musician friends who want to create, you know, some piece of music that people will be emotionally touched by after <laughs> their, you know, after their passing. I, I think uh, for me, certainly, uh, the driver ever since I was a kid was to make something that people use. You know, I, 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 I love tinkering. I love these things. But what I wanted to do was make something that had a business purpose, that had a, you know, value in the world such that, you know, long after I were gone, people would be would be using that software. So, you know, I think that's that's probably... Um, I think that's probably the core, the core motivator. It has to be because you really don't know anything about what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you're creating these things at a time where people fundamentally don't understand them. And that's the way you live, right? It's only when you start getting older, people say, oh, well, that's an interesting invention. But that was so long ago for me that I hardly recall. You, know? <laughs> and, um, you were ahead of the times, yeah. Yeah, and I'm lucky that the world changes that fast. Um, so, 
Uh, yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm lucky at this stage in my life that I get to tell some stories that people can understand. <laughs> but it's good that you have the attitude of wanting to create something that people will use because it's not like you're trying to create something, you know, just because you like it. You have this extended vision of what will people use in five years from now, 10 years from now? How could this possibly benefit? You know, and that's where, um, you know, these, what's the word I'm looking for? Um you know, these successful people, they have that vision, you know, which is what's needed. Nice. Now, what advice would you give to entrepreneurs who are looking to bring their own revolutionary ideas to life? Uh, yes, you'd, you'd think I would have some strong <laughs> advice. You know, there's a Steve Jobs quote, something like, um, I prefer the revolutionary things. There's always a time where everyone tells you that you've completely failed. Um, and I think this is just exactly what we were just describing. Um, if I could enumerate inventions that we use today, even the ones that I was involved with, and show you the, the pitch, mm -hmm. right? Show you what people's reaction to it was. Right. Um, you know, uh, geo-based food delivery may seem obvious when you have a cell phone with Grubhub, but when you showed somebody on a desktop computer in the 1990s that <laughs> they could get a pizza delivered, <laughs> they, they would say, oh, 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 let me show you this invention. It's right here. It's called the telephone, okay? <laughs> and I pick it up and, oh, hello. You have yeah, to dial it like this. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, and you would have to sit there and watch this PC or whatever. So, you know, um, if you're bringing a, a revolutionary idea, um, you should expect that people are not just going to laugh at it. You may be... Um, you know, you, you may receive violent opposition. People are a little uh, incredulous, perhaps. Uh, mm -hmm. You're wasting their time. Um, so be prepared that people are going to hate your inventions, but also be prepared to be realistic about what it is and what it does and how soberingly difficult it can be right. to shepherd these things to market and to help people understand, right? You have this vision and, and it seems very peculiar to you why other people would not understand something about it or understand something else about it. So right. um, it's, it's, uh, it's a difficult challenge because your job is an inventor, not a communicator. But I was just thinking to that too. Yeah, because some people are, you have to know your skills. So if you're the inventor, the technical person, blah, 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 you're so focused on doing that, you might not have that people skill to say market the thing or know how to get it out there. And that's where sometimes you have to just explain your story, but then you focus on what you do best and let somebody else do what they do best. And, um, you know, it's funny, I actually saw a little video the other day, which I was actually surprised by, but it made sense where you're saying you have to be prepared, you might get knocked down, you might get told no. One of the things was about parents telling their kids, you know, you're so smart, you know, you're, you're just perfect, you're, you're the smartest kid. And they're saying, don't do that. Because what happens is the kids start thinking we're so smart, that they don't ever want to be told they're not, so they won't take chances. So you have to tell them, you tried your best and I love you for it, but 
don't be afraid to try stuff. You might make mistakes, you might fail, but I, you still did great. And I was like, you know, that is true because people need to take chances. You know, you might not always get it right, but it always takes that person to have that vision to, you know, get where you have to go. Wow, that's really inspiring. I don't know if you've ever seen Ken Burns, who does documentaries for PBS, but he did this series on baseball. I don't know a lot about baseball, but I love passion. And there was this moment when this guy was saying, I love baseball. We in baseball revere the greats, those who step up to the plate and fail seven out of every 10 times. <laughs> and I thought, hey, you know, I, I, I kind of like baseball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you don't have to be right all the time. At least just three out of the 10, you're good. <laughs> and, you, you know, you must step up and swing there's yeah. no play without right. that okay right. so you could leave it to somebody else if that's your style <laughs> and you just have that dream that'll never happen because someone else would do it you know and you could just spend your entire life with that dream you know and just yeah so take God a chance and sad. yes yeah <laughs> for sure now what have been some of the biggest lessons you learned throughout your career when it comes to developing revolutionary technologies well, I think, you know, um, sticking with it, but also um, one of the things that is interesting to me about Truanon is that it is effectively an invention of ignorance. Mm -hmm. That is to say, had you hired me um, <laughs> and said, could you solve this identity problem? I assure you that I would have looked up how other people do it. Right. <laughs> yeah, you got to start but somewhere. Right. Instead, I was probably bothered by oh politics in the United States, or just you know getting ripped off on Craigslist while trying to find <laughs> housing for the kids during COVID. Right. Mm -hmm. I just had to get out of the city. And I thought to myself, this is really frustrating. <laughs> sure. If I had known that that person was a fraudster selling, you know, um, properties in every town at every price right. with answers to all your questions, right? I mean, you just scraped Airbnb and, you know, set up a script that made a million of these things and filtered us as one of the suckers. And right. um, so... Uh, so yeah, there's you know there, there's there's a vision, there's reality, there's 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 bringing all of that stuff to be. It's just mm -hmm. I think for for true and on, it's the first thing that I've ever ever been involved with that has the effect of, of saving people's lives. Right. Um, and so by being able to think of some ways that we could confirm our identity that didn't involve surrender of private information. Right. It turns out that you can also solve a bunch of other interesting problems, which is very much like that first app store. It solved more problems than we really understood right. um, because we were so buried in the minutia of trying to get convinced even developers right. didn't want to be involved. They were they had just worked on their box and, and their book and the rest <laughs> of these, these properties that they thought were what people really wanted to buy. Right. Uh, so you know it's it's uh it's hard to be in, involved in change like that yeah so i guess it's one of those things where you saw that there was a need for it <clears throat> maybe everybody doesn't see it you still need that one person who 
you know, it's almost like you have a vested interest, you know, you, you, you've been there, you've done that, you, you just need to fix it, you know, and eventually someone will come on board. It's, it's, it's hard to know when the thinking starts. It's an irony that I probably could have created what is true on in the 1990s. Uh, but maybe it took till today before the urgency of those thoughts, you know, became a reality. There was a point where I began to say, this could be possible. And, mm -hmm. you know, you run through a lot of uh, actor scenarios in your head. I'm a logical person. I'm a scientist. So a great deal of time was sort of thinking, does this really keep me safe? <laughs> yeah. What if somebody hacked onto Craigslist years from now and stole their database? How could I assure that no one will ever attach my identity to that post that right. I made in the Craigslist naughty section or whatever it is? <laughs> um Anonymity and legitimacy are so fundamentally important. Right. Um, and um, really, it, it, it's an honor to sort of think that if I could shepherd this to market, it could have the effect of saving people's lives. I mean, these crimes are not pickpocket crimes. This is extortion. This is rape and murder. And if you think the services we use want that, they don't. This is a tremendous cost. This is a tremendous cost. The cost of bad actors is yeah. probably trillions of dollars on our economy. Yeah, no, it is terrible. I mean, I've you know been there myself. I've seen it with so many people. I mean, even elderly people, you know, somebody hacks their phone. My mom herself, they've hacked her bank account. You know, I mean, these are people what you know what is she living on social security i mean you take all the money in her bank i mean and the banks are always you know not my problem it, it's it's crazy and that's just a handful of people this is happening around the world in every aspect it's bad i know when it was a pickpocket you had to sort of face your victim right you had to be there you could only have one at a time right but now you can stretch your pickpocketing all the way across the world right um, and they're only going to take so the money yeah. in your pocket as opposed to every penny in your account you know <laughs> It's a business, <clears throat> Crime Incorporated. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like I said, they view these services as a vehicle for their crime. Right. When we view it as a way to buy an iPod or find a date or hire a nanny, right. um, it's infuriating. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, this kind of ties into that, but what impact do you hope to make with the revolutionary identity solution? Well, you know, it does tie into that. And, you know, we began... The, the conversation about Twitter, Elon Musk. Um, you know, I think one of the many things that he might not have realized uh, is that if you let anybody apply for a badge on Twitter, even if you charge a few bucks, um, the number of the volume of, of millions of profiles to be put into a review system, it's like trying to get your software update out to egghead stores across the country and the world. Right. Um, the amount of time it would take for you to get your review is about 22 years, even if he hired the biggest company out there to review it. Right. And so that's why he opened it, closed it, raised the price, changed the rules. Um, and for us, I had a lot of people say, hey, 
I had invested a lot of my identity into Twitter. And now I didn't really quite realize it's a company. People can buy it and sell it. And that's part of me. And I didn't quite realize that now my identity, my stuff is part of the value, is part of what's being bought and sold. Mm -hmm. And he's changed the thing, if you are a person who earned a badge in years past, right. but now you could just buy, um, you're actually not happy. That's not the deal that you had, and you right. wish you could take it all back, but you can't. Right. Um, so people want to be able to separate the identity from the account we use just as much as the services want to separate the liability and privacy and review stuff, right. which doesn't help them either. So no, but know, even think- any type of like identity um, security is important because there's not enough, like just for example, <clears throat> you know, if you ever check your credit report, it shows me listed as <clears throat> now I'm born and raised in New York, been here my whole life. It shows me as having lived in California, living in Colorado, living, and I'm like, I've never lived yeah. there. And then when I try to fight it, their attitude is if they sent mail there and somebody didn't put it in the mailbox saying return to sender nobody here, as far as they're concerned, you live there. I have no way to fight this. So there's been years of this. And I'm always like, how do I know someone's not using my name? You know, because I had a psycho ex that I wouldn't have did that. And it's like, I, I can't even fight this. You know, it's ridiculous. There's not enough being done to help the innocent people, you know? So having more advanced ways of proving who you are is definitely needed. Well, you know, the problem with solving the problem and the problem with a lot of inventors and inventions that I see is that they just don't focus in on the business. You can't make us safe online if your invention isn't something that the services that we use Mm -hmm. want to use. You see, so it's one thing to say, oh, I'm going to blockchain your identity. I'm going to take it out of these services. They don't want that. Okay. If you want to make yourself and others safe online, you have to come up with a way that the services we use want to use it. Right. right? If, If it doesn't provide them value, then, then great. We as consumers, we all want to control our identity. Of course we do, right. you know? I mean... <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we're looking not, at what we have control yeah. of, so that's pretty important, though. <laughs> right, I mean, who wants to surrender private information and have somebody review you and then tell you that you're not really you or that you have to surrender more information, right? I mean, all of that... But you know, it gets tricky. I had an issue with my cash app. I don't use them anymore. It was the same thing. Somebody hacked my cash app. Um, We're taking all this money. And I had to go through this process of doing a video of my face in every which direction, blah, 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 submit it. As far as they were concerned, it wasn't me. I'm like, how on earth is this not me? This is me. And it got to the point I don't use them anymore because I'm like, so you're just allowing somebody to just steal my money and that's okay. I'm showing you it's me. I'm showing you my, my driver's license passport video oh. and that's not sufficient oh my god whatever don't use them anymore <laughs> right what we would prefer is a preponderance of evidence that we are in fact the person that we claim and we'd like to be able to lock down our digital properties right so that other people can't go and claim them as theirs For sure. right half the time people are just 
hacking into you know something and then they're using that to parade around whatever mechanism they can make to make a disposable profile then their crimes are simply traced to somebody else and you're Mm -hmm. right we we people consumers and, and nice legitimate folks bear all the burden we get the stuff taken, turned right. off. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, my wife's credit was damaged when this guy stole her money because she didn't want to pay Venmo, you know. So there's a dispute. So well, well, where's his dispute? We can't find him because he got a new phone number and a new email. You know, he's gone. <laughs> That's it. Right? So what's going to happen? Um, so right, no, you can't use that service to. anymore yeah. just because you know, she, she got into this dispute and there's no winning for her because it's just, it's just done. Um, so, so yeah, I think, uh, if we're going to secure, uh, the future world, we have to, we have to find why ways that, that the services that we use, mm-hmm. you know, want to adopt something and, and, um, you know, the why of it, uh, this is just because we, entrepreneurs inventors business people we're the music makers right we're the dreamers of dreams um this is post-covid is a new future world that we must secure and and um this is the time you know that that people like us have to stand up and 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 do it it's just one of those things for sure now, how has the industry changed since you first demoed the first app store to Steve Jobs in 93? <laughs> well, aside from yeah, putting billion <laughs> transistors on a chip. Um, you know, I mean, I, I feel that we are closing a circuit that happens to feel like sort of my lifetime, where when I was young, we had LPs, we tuned into radio stations. Right. Um, uh, every example I can think of, of media or other digitizable phenomenon has become commoditized to a degree. Everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, here we are on a video call. <laughs> yeah, I know. The, <laughs> who, who did this five years ago? <laughs> and in five or ten years, I hope that this stuff will look like the early web's animated GIFs of postage stamp size images. <laughs> um, so, you know, I think um, what's changed is that we have gone entirely digital as, as uh, um, you know, as a society. And I think um, the most exciting and interesting thing outside of identity and true not, of course, um, <laughs> It's just the advent of networked services, APIs. Ours is one of them, but right. you know you can you can get artificial intelligence, natural language processing, uh, image processing, these other things, and you can create in ways that I believe the future of software, the future of invention, that is going to change the way that we all live. This belongs to the creatives now it is no longer the wizardry of of you know that domain alone Um, there are tools that you folks young folks especially (laughs) look at the world differently 
imagine a better place because you can do some really neat things by tying together stuff that's already around right now and in the next 10 and 20 years. Um, I just, I I can't wait to see what you guys create. I, you know, I, I feel like, this is where I'm hoping to check out. Uh, <laughs> you know, some people no, are awesome. in their 70s, but uh, you know, I'm I'm hoping that a new generation is really going to create some great stuff. I know, so am I. I'm like, it's good times. <laughs> yeah, it sure is. <laughs> so now, speaking of that, what advice would you give to developers looking to create their own revolutionary products or services? Oh, stick with it. Um, I think. The only thing I've ever regretted in my own inventions is that uh, timing is everything. It's like dating. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in, in fact, you know, you could even say the app store, we were a little too early to, to we, we, you know, uh, the end of that story that I don't always tell people, but I'll tell you business <laughs> and entrepreneur types. Um, of course, what am I doing at a startup in Seattle demoing that Steve Jobs? That's the end of the road. That was the fire sale. That was the Hail Mary pass that you do when your startup is essentially out of runway, right? Mm -hmm. We spent a lot of money. That was a very expensive and time-consuming product to create. Mm -hmm. Um, And so in a way, that was a sad time. It was the end of the road. I, you know, that was, I was going on to other things Mm -hmm. um, and we had essentially failed. I had stepped up to the plate Mm-hmm. and swung and right. it did not work i handed that off uh, so i allow people to imagine that i'm responsible for all the success that the app store has created um you know much of that of course goes to steve jobs um <laughs> if i was able to do that we would have um and it wouldn't be his thing um yeah. so uh, yeah, but that's why you it, have to it, communicate it, with other people. It's just it's a stick with it thing. Mm-hmm. If you give up um, and don't under don't view your success and failure like normal people do, right. um, it's not where it's going to come from. Um, imagine at the end of your life how you will feel uh, knowing that your inventions have come to to pass and be real. That's the only thing that's going to keep you going. Right. <laughs> no, but I mean, it's great. I mean, there's a lot of people like that, and you have to have that vision initially. And if you can only get it so far, that's just someone else could come in and help you get it further. So it's just never, you know, I was a thought where it didn't happen and just continue on in a different path. You had that vision. You know, you have to, you know, if you can only get it so far, go with other people who could maybe help get you over that, you know. That's true. And in fact, that is the success story behind the failure story of that app store story. Mm -hmm. Um, Not only was it 10 years before anyone cared to ask about the story, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) It wasn't important in people's minds yet, but it was coming more so. Um, And yet, of course, at the time, it was a business personal failure. Mm -hmm. But you're right. What was I doing? I was not going to let that thing die. Who could understand it after everyone else laughed at us, after we didn't make our numbers, after we we were humiliated as a startup in front of our investors and our backers and in front of our own teams. Okay, there was no social network cameras following us around. There was no 
Shark Tank giving right. us you know, <laughs> deals. Right. This was hard hours every day, seven days a week for years. Um, and that was the end of the road. But it was worth every last moment to ensure that Steve Jobs sat down and saw that thing. <laughs> Nice. And I would not stand for anything less. <laughs> right. No, I mean, that's even awesome that he acknowledged yeah. it, you know? I mean, not he doesn't give attention to everybody. So, I mean, that was awesome that he did. You know, people ask me, how did you get an audience with Steve Jobs? Um, I think that was the legitimacy of, of being the inventor. I'm not a salesperson. I don't look right. like one. Right. And I said to him, you know, look, I busted my ass on this software. You should see it. Yeah. And he looked at me and he said, okay. And I was like, oh! Uh. <laughs> that's awesome. But I think he appreciated that. He didn't want to be sold to. He wanted to see what you're making because that's the kind of businessman that he was, you know? I think he saw that, that this was an opportunity um, to connect with an inventor at a time when there was a need for inventions. So yeah, he was going to see it. It didn't take more than a few minutes. Um, and, you know, the only thing he said about it, yeah, he's, I like it. And then he just walks away. Um, <laughs> okay, well, that's told some weight. <laughs> yes, this was enough to tell all the people watching him. Right. You know, I like it. it. Okay. Funny. Yeah, then worth we get looking these at. people right. on the phone and, and we work out some business arrangement. And that was that was how it happened. It's very unglamorous. Nice. Uh, unglamorous, but it, it served the point. So that was good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it does. And I, I appreciate your helping me think of it as more of a success. <laughs> Um. <laughs> well, I mean, he could have just walked away from you like you didn't even exist and he didn't do that. I mean, that definitely means something. But that's true, in which case we would not be having this story about success today. So I'm going with it. It's very successful. <laughs> it is successful. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> and it's definitely something that's well needed. I mean, if I mean, there, there were scammers everywhere, but I think post-COVID, I think when everybody had nothing else better to do with their time, they've just quadrupled. So it's something that's definitely uh, needed. Yeah, it's sad that it's just another one of those online gig economy businesses. Sit at home and rip people off. Yeah. Um, easy it is to do. So, so yes, it is uh, an important mission. It's one that we take very seriously. By the way, if there are folks in your audience who want to join us, please do. It's nice. uh, a worth worthy cause. Um, so I hope we can all secure a future world that is more safe for ourselves and our, our children. For sure. Now, what are some of the biggest opportunities you see for entrepreneurs in the tech industry today? Oh, gosh. Well, you know, I think it really touches back on what I was saying earlier about the creativity involved. Uh, I, I think we're on the verge of a, a new generation of creativity. This may be personal tools. It may be business tools. Um I think we've lived with a notion that computers are essentially a 1990s thing. There's PowerPoint, there's Word, there's Excel, right? right? And we've kind of taken those into the world of, of, of Google Docs and other things. Um, but there's a new generation of tools. There's a new generation of 
of media. There's a new generation of artificial intelligence, which in itself is three or five very distinct categories of amazing things. Right. Um, so I think the opportunity is to apply creativity in ways that perhaps um, have not yet been discovered. There is something waiting in this opportunity. And I can tell you from all the years that I've worked with technology, there is a certain smell about <laughs> certain things. Uh, and the internet and the web was a truly inspiring time that was also invented on the next, uh, the same computer as the app store. And it was kind of our little world for a while. Right. Um, so I think I've never experienced that amount of excitement until right about now. And I think this is just so much bigger. It really is global. People can do things that change the world. This yeah. is such an exciting opportunity. <laughs> it is indeed. Now, I'm going to put your contact info in the end of this, but if you want to tell people how they could um, get in touch with you or learn more about you. Absolutely. You should visit trueanon.com. That's T-R-U-A-N-O-N. Um, and uh, not QAnon, the opposite. <laughs> Uh, and you're welcome to email me. Uh, there's there's a hello at Truanon. There's also Jay Taylor. That's my personal address, T-A-Y-L-E-R. Um, and uh, if you're interested in the service because you run social media or you, you have these kinds of fraud uh, issues or you're just interested, um, there's a page on the site that you can get to that'll just put you in touch with us. Uh, so you're welcome to use that as well. Awesome. Well, thanks again for being on the show. Again, that was Jesse Taylor of True Anon. Thanks for listening to Successful Minds with Patty B. Never miss an episode by subscribing to the channel here. So thank you, everyone. Thank you for listening to Successful Minds with your host, Patricia Barnowski-Schneider. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates, and we'll see you on the next episode.